Hi, everybody. Welcome to We Are Weezer. This is our mini episode number three, and we just couldn't wait to talk about it. So this is our Pacific Daydream Festival of Discussions show. <laughs> Welcome to the Festival of, of Discussions. discussions. Um, we're all here. Amy's in town. Uh, straight out of Texas. Yeah, yeah. And um, sh- we actually, we didn't get to go be West Side Weirdos, but we went to Hollywood last night and hit the town and saw the theater. And um, d- she touched many hands and feet. And I did. And I found out that Rick's relative is there. So I probably put my hands on his hand paw print print paw print <laughs> so who is your relative that is at Groman's? my grandfather and grandmother both have their hands and feet there they're both actors what are their names dick powell and june allison i'm pretty sure we saw june allen i mean dick powell the cool part is our hands are the same size, so my hands fit in his cement impression perfectly. That is like the coolest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. I can't believe it's pretty cool. I have, I have a ho- I had a Hollywood family. They've all passed, so and my dad retired, and my mom doesn't work in the industry anymore either, and I don't. That's for sure. So does podcasting count? Because like our our Hollywood tour bus driver dude was like, "Is anybody in the industry?" and and we were like, "No, not." Not really. You, you absolutely should have been like, uh, yeah, I run the number one Weezer podcast <laughs> in the country. And people wouldn't know if you were right or wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's only two, I think. So. <laughs> hey, so, that doesn't matter. All right. Well, everybody's here. Juliet's here. Amy's here. Rick's here. Hi. I'm here. And we are. Are we freaking out? I'm freaking out. I'm freaking I love out. it so much. It's great. Album release weekend is a good time. It's funny because we we have some new people coming into the team. And uh, Amy said that we're all never together at one point in time. So maybe Amy and Juliet are the same person. (laughs) Because we were at the same place at the same time. Oh, never mind. (laughs) That ruins my theory. But it's like every time Amy's here, Juliet's not here. And every time Juliet's here, Amy's not here either. Well, Amy's not usually here. I'm not usually here. You're further, but it's kind of funny still. Yeah. Anywho. We do occupy a lot of this country. <laughs> not really. I mean, Texas why do you and gotta, California. Why you got to undercut? <laughs> well, that's all that really matters, right? It's not like I brought up Spider-Man. You didn't have to cut me deep shirt. Oh, Spider-Man's my favorite. Oh, uh, well, you said it on a podcast, on mine, so it's I hate forever. Spider-Man with a passion. Oh, with geez. a passion. Okay, okay. Ease Derailed. off there. Relax. Cool it. Okay. Bring it down a notch, all right? <laughs> Spider-Man could be listening. I do. I don't care. Depends uh, on... Wait, is there multiple Spider-Mans, too? Like, there's, there's so many Spider-Mans. Okay. So we have a new album, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, so much of this podcast has been the excitement uh, leading up to it, we have Pacific Daydream. It came out on October 27th, which for us was the day before yesterday. You in the future. It will always be October 27th. Isn't that weird? Time travel 2017. is scary. 2017. Uh, I would say that the consensus on the show is we all like it quite a bit. We all have our own 
opinions and perspectives, and we're going to go through the songs and, and have a little chit-chat, talk about what we like and what we don't like. Yeah, which I'd have to say, like, that it's going to be hard because I like everything. I don't know. I... I said it once and I'll say it again. It's really hard to make an album that everything is good on or that you don't skip through anything. And they did it on the White Album and I I think they did it again. And to me, that's really impressive and awesome. I agree with you very much because there were lead-in singles that I didn't care for. Like when Happy Hour dropped against everything else we had heard, I did not like it at all. And within the context of the album, I find it very charming and groovy and fun. And of course, once I got to read the lyrics, it meant a lot more. Uh, I really do think this album is incredibly cohesive Mm -hmm. and a very satisfying uh, total listen. And at only 34 minutes, it kind of begs to be always consumed at once. Like, I don't think I'll ever just listen to one song like for a while. Right. I'll definitely eat it all at once. I definitely feel the same way. And my favorite changes every single day. (laughs) <laughs> it depends on my mood completely. Like there'll be times where I'll be like, Oh, happy hour really isn't my thing. But then like later I'm like, I love happy hour right now. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Cause, uh, that happened. We were talking about how we were like, eh, about happy hour last night. And then today I'm like, actually, I really like happy hour. <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking that. Yeah. Um, but it's, we've heard it. Rick's been playing it in his house all day today so i've heard it like 10 times and it's kind of like one of those jams you can have on in the background and you hear it and it's like man i could just like it's like a a rainy day when it's rainy outside and you're cleaning your house that's that song to me i was able to you know i was on a road trip yesterday and i was able to listen to the album over and over on repeat basically and i actually i wonder if he wrote most of the songs while he was touring um, because they're so like, oh, like in almost like different songs with different syncopations have different personalities, just like different like destinations, travel destinations have different like feels to them. And um, but it's like everything is is like moving and it's like and it feels like you're going on this like journey or traveling kind of thing. Like none, none of it is kind of like stayed. Um, and so I really... Um, Would you say it's like daydreamy? <laughs> like daydreamy, yeah, where it just kind of keeps what's what's the next thing kind of thing. And you just, oh, like the seagull or whatever and stuff. But I, yeah, I, I, um, I actually think that the best thing about this album release is all of the press leading up to it because I think, I feel like now more than ever, we really got a glimpse of, like, we know that he, it's a concept album. We know that he has a whole bunch of songs that fit into one folder that, um, like, that all have the same feel and that's why there's such a cohesiveness and and you guys all know that I really didn't like Beach Boys when, when I heard it but then when I played it for my seven-year-old when once I played the five songs in context with each other I was like oh I get it I I totally I totally get it and so um and then I liked it much more and with each uh article that I read about it like I don't know it's like some weird shift I remember one of the things I distinctly said is you could change my mind, but you can't change how I feel. And, and I guess maybe you could change my mind. And then 
I'll change how I feel <laughs> after. Like maybe the feelings are, are slow to follow, but once you shift your head, your perspective, like then the feelings will follow. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, I really like the album too. And like you guys know, I was like, no, I'm missing some guitars, some heavy, crunchy guitars. And now I'm like, oh, I, it's, but also this album. Maybe not. Maybe it's okay. Well, this album is more musical than the other albums. There's more melody. There's more harmony. Like, you know, when I think of Weezer, um, especially Pinkerton, I mean, Pinkerton is the nth degree of, like, um, the dissonant chord, you know? And, like, there's issues. There's problems. There's, like, something going on. But this one, it's it's um, it's, a da- it's aptly titled as Daydream. <laughs> Pacific daydream. Yeah, I mean, I think it it is the whole thing. Even you know, happy hour. It's it's daydreamy and um, weekend woman and quarterback blitz. It's like very. I don't know. To me, it's a very clean. It's like sparkly. It's um, it's very nice to my ears. Like there's no like there's no recoiling of anything when I listen to this CD like where I feel like something is weird or thrown in or off. It's like all like perfectly arranged in a beautiful little package with complete with wind chimes and backup vocals. And it's the eighties it's beach boys. It's the like the ultimate summer song feel and a daydream wrapped all into one awesome spacey present that just makes you want to hang out on a hammock or go on a long road trip or I don't know, but I just rambled for a long time. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head though. Like it is, it is such a spacey daydreamy musically awesome album. Without um, being like super quote unquote Weezery too, right? Like it's like, we kind of talked about it last night too, where it's Weezer, but you have to not think about it like you're listening to Weezer. Like just pretend like you're listening to a new CD and you don't know who it is. And then you won't be offended that it's not rocking guitars and crunchiness. You'll just enjoy the awesome music. I think the the Weezer aspect comes in. The Weezerliness is the lyrics for sure, but he doesn't. Um, yeah, and then also the other image, which obviously it, you can't ignore the other side of you know of the title is Pacific. It just came to me. It's kind of like the ebb and flow of water, the ebb and flow of life. That's how this album feels. Is very. It's, you know, not one way or the other, but you do spend time and visit in one spot and then you move on to the next kind of thing. So I had mentioned in a, I think a text message to either just you or to, um, all of us, I can't remember, but we've seen Weezer chase uh, a difference in their sound before we've heard them go through this with, it really kind of began on the red album where things got a little weird Ratitude, and then Ratitude and Hurley were such a drastic change. And we were so, we were so enamored with this return to form, this return to what we love. And I mean, there was even a song about it and back to the shack where it was just like, now I'm back doing rock. And so soon we have something else that's so different once again. 
and I, and I, what I had said to you guys was, and I was really excited to make sure I shared this thought. So thank you guys for priming me is that this time it is so intentional. It doesn't feel that they're chasing after something they're not capable of. It doesn't feel like rivers is grasping at straws. This feels like he had the intention to be different for the sake of being different to expand the band's musical palette. And they came up with something that to listen to is very gratifying. Every time I get to the end of it, I'm, I'm, filled with different emotions having explored each of the songs as I go along and it feels like a complete experience and not that it sounds like Pinkerton but it feels like a complete experience in the same way yeah I feel like I have gone on a journey that I was intended to hear and it wasn't like we took a left turn into some rap thing like why why are we doing this and I wish this wasn't on here let me rearrange the track list oh gosh why didn't they use the bonus track this is just perfect if we don't get another song from these sessions if I don't hear another thing from it I'll always be happy that this little bit exists and uh to Rachel's point earlier uh we're talking about how it sounds it sounds so pretty it is so pleasant to listen to I find myself swaying to it and of course Juliet you took the words out of my mouth with like the ebb and flow every song is uh, kind Agreed. of a beautiful little dance and it makes me feel great and I hate when it's over and I love letting it loop around at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm so satisfied as a whole with this album. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to dig into a little track by track action? Sure. Um, Do we want to talk about the songs more that we haven't already talked about? Because we already went over Mexican Fender. The we first went over, side A. Yeah, we've all... Do you guys want to do side B and loop around? Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot, like it takes a lot to get me emotional uh, to music. I think Imagine, like, usually gets me. Like, I usually will, like, it'll start if I start to, um, just like think and just listen to a song. Uh, Imagine always like gets me like a little teary. I don't know why. Or if I'm at something live and I enjoy that that band or that person or um and I feel like very like just connected with it I will get a little teary just thinking like this is a great experience right now but uh usually it's not just like randomly out of nowhere and I was listening to Sweet Mary and it just like gave me this feeling and I just got so touched and it was so sweet and maybe I was just having a weird random long day too but I just like started crying and I'm like this is so good I love it so much and I think also I was uh very impressed I think I was at the same time just like impressed that Weezer was able to do something so good again like I was just like this is really good and I like and and it just hit me on the subject of Sweet Mary specifically um he said that this album, a lot of it is about not fitting in, not having a companion to do X with. And if you read the lyrics and really pay attention to Sweet Mary, he says very clearly how thankful for he, he is for the life that he has, for the fortune that he has with the woman that he's with. How did I, I deserve this? How do I deserve this? How did this strange wayfarer come into my life? And you can hear in his voice that he's so blessed to have that thing that he never thinks he's worthy of. And... Sweet Mary is beautiful. And when you posted yeah. that, like, am I a fool for feeling this way and thinking about my kid when he comes in to make me feel better? You're like, no, that's exactly what that song mm-hmm. is. Because when the fortune of your life presents itself, that's kind of like, how it feels like the song Sweet Mary to me. 
that song's beautiful. He he's yeah. Rivers once again delivers a vocal performance, which you read a lot of reviews which say, you know, Rivers strains to meet some of the more dynamic uh, performances, or you know, his he doesn't have a lot of range. But I've always appreciated that because it gives his uh, vocals a more fragile quality, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably what a lot of us like about Pinkerton is he sounds so fragile mm-hmm. when he's that vulnerable in his voice. It just melts my heart. It comes out like it. It uh, he, and that's probably why it it does uh, or it did affect me because you can kind of like feel that in his voice when he's singing it or and so that's the key to music is you have to feel it and if you can get that feeling out and other people can hear it as well, it just makes it that much better of a experience to listen to, I think. I don't know. I mean, I definitely agree. And they say that that's what songs are is like a moment, a feeling conveyed. And, um, and I think that's what, whether it just be like, Oh, I want to do an entertaining song or I want a rock song or I want to show my appreciation. Um, and I think that's what sweet Mary is definitely about is just like the appreciation that he has for, you know, something so pure his life and either it's uh, inspiration or feeling safe or like whatever sweet Mary, quote unquote, Comfort, provides for love, him, you know, everything, you know, I mean, they are lucky. They're like getting to do what they love to do and they have great families and lives. And I mean, I think it I think makes the I think we're all lucky yeah, just to be here. On but what do I'm, they appreciate about their life? What do they love about their life? You know, and yeah, like that's true. you know definitely a, like a gift. We all we all know he's Rivers is a genius, and I think beyond, you know, like anyone can understand in a way. Yes, <laughs> and also it's just like when you're looking at him and real life it's like what are you thinking in there right now because i know you're probably not thinking about like right now you know it's like it's hard to imagine just like that they're normal too i don't know i think sweet mary is the song that actually like showed that um because it's such a genuine song and so honest i think it it just feels so heartwarming and so good Mm -hmm. and in fact, you guys are going to think this is weird. I feel, I feel like this is weird. But because it is so straight uh, straightforward and maybe like literal that I was like, uh, like I was a little kind of put off because I like looking for the meaning. I like looking for like the, the like what is the mystery do I want to solve in this puzzle that is a song? I find that like that that's kind of <laughs> what draws me into a Weezer song. Um, but at the same time, like it, I think it is the artistry. Um, because they, that's what an artist does. It turns something that they get from society and reflects it back to society. And I think like that song does that because it does make me think of like, oh, what do I appreciate? What do I, because it's so like kind of spot on, like then it makes me think, oh, what do I appreciate? And like, what do I like or in love? And where, where do I find my like inspiration or what do I find safe or what do I find, you know, that I'm gratified for in my life mm-hmm. for sure. It gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you feel about get right, Rick? <laughs> um, get right is 
on an album that I find so perfect and lovely, my least favorite. <laughs> but that's with a big asterisk. I mean, it really benefits from uh, its place in the album. Uh, musically, it's not my cup of tea, but I don't think that means anything. That's that's not like an indictment on the content. It's probably pretty good, and I like the way it fits in the album. But it sounds like One Republic to me. <laughs> it sounds There's like a like song of, like, to me, which is toe so tapping. Yeah, it's like an anthony I, kind I agree of. with that. Yeah. It, there's that sort of toe tapping, like rhythmic dance around the fire beat. I have it in my head right now, and I'm kind of grooving in my seat. Yeah, with the tambourine going. I for sure do that to that. Th- that song. it's a little too far afield from what I like in Weezer, mm-hmm. but that's just a preference thing. Like yeah. it's it's probably not even good for me to actually talk about that song because I have nothing to. It's probably the least Weezery song on the whole thing. It's drastically unWeezery. To me. But still Weezery and cool. I, I like I, it. My imagery for this song is that I see lots of flashing lights and like wild flailing of my arms when I'm dancing to it. That's how I envision that song. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, you know, if we've read all the interviews beforehand, he talks about this spreadsheet he has and all the copy and pasting and cutting and pasting he's doing. The, the bridge of this song is great. Yeah. And it does feel like a very harsh turn that maybe his algorithm maybe let him down a little bit. It does feel like two different pieces where many of the other songs are far more cohesive to me than that. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, it's like saying, I, I mean, I didn't have a good analogy. It's like I ate 10 slices of pizza and I didn't like the seventh one. It's like, mm-hmm. but I still like mm-hmm. pizza. It's still, you know, it's still, it's okay. Yeah. It, and maybe it'll grow on you. Yeah. I feel like with everything else, you give me a couple of years, I'll just be like, my gosh. This is just the greatest, and I'll like it more than whatever my initial favorite song was. Get Right is my favorite now. Because I sometimes wonder about those initial reactions. I feel like it just scratches something in our brain that it's different. So maybe the lizard brain is saying it's a threat. So we're just uncomfortable. But later on, maybe I just don't get it yet. (laughs) Maybe maybe the core of it hasn't hasn't gotten to me yet. Have you read the lyrics yet? I I read all the lyrics. The first listen through, I read all the lyrics all the way through. Um, And it may say something that I don't remember the Get Right lyrics very well at this point so i don't either i don't think i just remember the music and yeah. wanting to dance and flail with flashing lights <laughs> just flailing we should do a, a video version of this so you can see all of us flailing and it's just <laughs> me flailing actually that'd be so great um how about well la mancha amy how la do you want a screw job yes i i like this song i still don't know all the song titles yet with the songs it's the second to last track correct yes oh this is the high school dance song for me oh yeah like the seventh grade dance that we were talking about yeah it's a montage of a man or a kid falling in love with somebody and then they end up at the prom together at the end oh and then they have drama in the bathroom or something that's what i always happened to me and i was gonna slap you (laughs) is it also not the most um poorly named song on the album like, I, it's a very evocative title, and the words themselves, like, evoke a feeling or an emotion, but the content of the song is so much sweeter than that. It's, I mean, maybe it's a compliment to Mexican Fender, because, uh, I don't know, it's a Mexican wrestling thing, right? No. That's or a guitar. Re- is it a regular wrestling? Mexican Fender's a guitar. Oh, La Mancha no. Screwdriver? I think yeah. it's a drink. Is it? Yeah, you're thinking of luchadors. I thought so, yeah. Not La Mancha. Well, La Mancha is La Mancha's a there's, there's a play called Man of La Mancha. I don't know. It, I this song title makes me want to go look, back and 
figure out what that <laughs> that uh, play is about. <laughs> Definitely got to find out. If you've out. listened to this podcast, you know that oh, we're geographically challenged. Right. It is in <laughs> Spain. It's a city in Spain. Oh. Okay. Um, well, this this whole album is world worldly. It does kind of go around Japanese, the world. Japanese. With the world on Mexican the cover. Mexican Fender. La Mancha. Um, how do you feel about quarterback blitz or any friend of Diane's Juliet? Any friend, I love, uh, any friend of Diane's. I mean, it's so catchy. It's a friend of mine. It's a friend it's like of mine. So catchy. And I know people are like, Oh, I got to watch the, the first, the last episode of the first season of cheers, which is like titled <laughs> any friend of Diane. But the one thing that I go to my mind, uh, is a friend of Dorothy, uh, and like, like, a. Oh yeah, you know a friend of Dorothy's. Like you know that they're that they're gay. Like if someone says they're a friend of Dorothy's, then they're gay. And um, but any friend of Diane's, like what? it just makes yeah. it just uh, you know it it makes me think of like his little circle, like you know like and like passing through like these this person has got the street cred or whatever or whatever cred to like be part of my circle, like you are also a friend of mine. I almost feel like that could be, I haven't really looked at the lyrics uh, recently, um, but um, makes me think of the fan club. Like if you have that secret knock, then then you're in kind of thing, you know? And the secret knock is if you like Weezer, yeah. like, you know? <laughs> um, well, and I was also thinking maybe it's kind of a little bit of an ode to like Michael and Carly or mm. Sarah or Lisa or just like the women that like, are in with them and and they're cool and like he trusts them you know i did hear an npr interview with rivers where he talked about this song and he said that um maybe not necessarily diane but how he talks about working at papa john's he apparently worked at a domino's Mm -hmm. and his manager drew his band logo on the back of his jacket and it was like a big ego boost for him like he felt really confident because of it so I think that the part of that song is about one of his former managers in Connecticut or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. I hope that's true. I hope it is too. I mean, we know for a fact that Rivers is taking inspiration in bits and pieces just from everywhere and anywhere now. So I kind of like the idea that these songs are all also an Easter egg hunt. They're about no one, everyone, and a specific person all in all at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is inexact, oddly enough. Well, I mean, like... Mm-hmm. Um, can I hop... No. <laughs> Can I hop back over to um, uh, what's it called again? Sorry, La Mancha Screwjob. Uh huh. I think this is one of the most romantic songs on the record. Uh, there are a few lines in here where he says, "I screwed it up so many times before. I'm like a hoodlum, but when you're near, I want to stop the war and become a porch bum." And I'm a big sap for the sentiment of giving yourself over to another person and allowing um, your life to become a part of theirs, and then your life growing into one life. And I like the idea that, you know, because I, I kind of feel this way about my wife. I always joke that if I, like, fell off the face of the earth, she wouldn't really, like, her life wouldn't hit any speed bumps. That's different now because we have a kid. So now it's like, great. Now we're really stuck together. <laughs> but when I listen to this song, I just think of why I love my wife and how I can see a better world ahead of me in another person. You know, and I, I feel like Rivers, once again, has a magical way of, 
in just four or five repetitive lines, crystallizing a very universal and beautiful feeling. Mm -hmm. And if you hear him talk about this stuff, he's constantly questioning if he's portraying himself the way he wants to. Will he have the recognition that he hopes for? Is he expressing his art in a way that satisfies him? And I, I feel like if you looked him right in the eye and said, you're doing this 100% right, and this is exactly what I needed to hear, he would still feel that drive to keep creating. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm I not should, sure. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that La Mancha Screwjob, with its terrible name, or, or uh, and, and not an apt name, is just the most lovely song on the record. But I don't know about that. So it reminds me of the, um, the, the, the wrestler, uh, Bret Hart. Um, it's called the Toronto Screwjob. Forgive me, any wrestling fans out there. Um, you know they're already writing. Oh, they are. It's okay. I have an Undertaker tattoo, so come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but it's like a, a huge thing. It's when um, Brett Michael um, screwed over Bret Hart in his hometown, and it's like this this huge thing. And it remind it reminds me of that. So I'm like, well, what happened in La Mancha then? Um, did somebody get screwed over? So I I wonder if that's what it it means kind of like if it's actually just that literal could be perhaps i bet we're gonna find out sooner or later um i know that hold uh, on you have an undertaker tattoo too yeah (laughs) it's weird that all four of us have undertaker tattoos (laughs) i've had mine removed so he pissed me off and i went over to um i don't know the rock that's only other one i think i know it's okay hulk hogan Hmm. i know there's two ladies that are on e i don't know sorry i digress yes um and i don't know i kind of i'm glad that we did that accidentally quarterback blitz i mean or qb blitz Uh, i i i love it so much Oxygen, surgeon. Like only in dreams. Right? And other songs that he likes to reference women in. Uh-huh. And don't. Wait, he's talking about be, she's fragile again in this song. Whoever, um, whoever she is. And. Or maybe it's Sweet Mary where he does that, but I'm like, oh, you. Wanting to be careful with people and bringing up oxygen and molecules. I don't know. <laughs> I, I will say that um, QB Blitz probably had the toughest job of all the songs because we had side A of the record pretty much at least two weeks before, or no, one week. We had all, the entire side A before it came out. And QB Blitz coming off the heels of those five songs we're familiar with, I was like, oh, I don't like this. This sequence, this sequence, I don't like the turn in the album, um, but I'll be damned if I don't just love the Dickens out of this song, which um, as a Star Wars nerd, I will say I appreciate the reference to the ice fields of Hoth. He says specifically that uh, it's as cold as the ice fields of Hoth. And uh, is it? Yeah, I'm rambling because uh, I'm distracted <laughs> by Star Wars. I'm just watching Empire Strikes Back in my head now. You guys go ahead. um i think my other the other stuff that i notice on this song are like and i keep talking about it like the icy wind chimes during the beginning 
it like starts off with wind chimes and then you hear them kind of clanging throughout the song and who's ever whoever's idea that was good job because it sounds really cool and awesome and one of the songs has like women or ladies backup vocals I really want them to like bring them on tour please and let's get some more like musicians and singers on stage with you guys I think that would be cool too uh Juliet are you good Mm, yeah for those of you listening at home we're trying to conquer the age-old problem of just how uh, to get everyone to talk at once and have it be easy to listen to. This is no professional operation. <laughs> it only sounds that way. If you are a fellow podcaster and you have the answer to recording, not on the phone, but listening to each other on the phone <laughs> without getting an echo, please let us know <laughs> because it's pretty much like the most annoying, weirdest thing in the world. And we still can't figure out how to do it. So no, it's Help fine. Us. I I like. Um, if anybody has a spare recording studio lying around, they could give us that, and that would solve the problem. There's How a cool children's hospital be? in Dallas that has um, a studio that people can use for podcasts. I think for free. What? Just saying, Texas is pretty awesome. Well, we live in the wrong state, then, don't we? <laughs> well, we. I'm pointing to myself. Don't. We pointing to Rick and Juliet. I mean, <laughs> see, I'm not the only one that does it. Gosh, darn it. If we're not all the same person to each other. Red Juliet. I just have two last uh, thoughts on two different songs. Um, get right. Uh, yes. Give them to he us. He says, wait. Quick and dirty. Sorry, Rick. Okay. Get Rick. I mean, get Rick. He <laughs> says, get right. He says there waiting there for me and it's very much like in the garage on the blue album and it's like like you know they're waiting there for me there are people waiting there for me but i'm you know here in my garage so i think it's just him um for get right it's just it's a personal song about just him like you know getting right before he sees who he's gonna get right for the next moment of like whether it's who he's gonna like I have to look back at the lyrics again, but I, I get a feeling that he's about to see somebody. So that's what he's trying to get right before, like, you know, get get aligned, whatever you want to say, before seeing that person. And then Lamont's screw job. I, I totally like like what you're saying about that, Rick. I just don't know why it's called Lamont's screw job. Like, that's not in the lyrics anywhere. Um, and... It just seems like that's like another Weezer, insi- not an inside joke. I don't want to say that he has inside jokes, but it's a puzzle. It could and be. And it's time to solve. You know, like, I could see that. It's got to be like, related to something. And then I you got to solve it, it, you know, for your own personal like satisfaction or, you know, thing. I um, So where's the West Side Weirdos? Is that going to be a B-side? What's up with it? Yeah, in the universe bundle that you can order, there is a pennant flag that says West Side Weirdos on it. And Rachel and I were just 100% positive that it was going to be a song or a phrase in a song. And it has uh, thus far uh, turned out to be nothing. Although Rivers has alluded to the West Side and how much it means to him and uh, his, his creative process as an L.A. person living on the West Side. So there's got to be something. I'm I'm coming to learn that nothing is accidental 
with this band. Yeah, there's a master plan for sure. To be continued. Yes, I can't wait to find out. Um, you, next time you come, Amy, you will have to go to the West Side. We didn't go to Venice, which you have to see if you're in L.A., and the pier, because um, you got to go see the weirdos at Venice, and then the pier is just fun and pretty, and... Um, Maybe we'll maybe we'll even go down to West Hollywood oh, and yeah. have some fun. Where the property values are really high and everything's super clean <laughs> and happy. Um, can we? Can we? I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I really want to talk about um, any friend of Diane's. Um, that is my favorite song on the album, and it gets stuck in my head like an earworm. <laughs> and the, the lyric that stuck out to me that they just casually throw out in there is that she got sick one day, but they don't like tell you what happened to her. Mm-hmm. They say, and I got sick one day. I still have the map she drew for me. I'd be lost without it. That's as much as I want to say. And I'm like, who is this person? I want to know more about you, but I also want to be a friend of yours because you sound like a pretty awesome person. Because I love people like that who you can say that about like, well, any friend of this person is a friend of mine because they're just that great of a person, you know? Yeah. Well, and people don't really say that anymore and that, you know, it's a big compliment if somebody's like, oh, yeah, you, if you're friends with so-and-so, I got you. Come on in. It's all good. That's like my, my, my G. I hadn't even really um, considered that those lyrics at the end. I, I forgot about those. I got kind of hung up on the, the Domino's manager, but he could very well mean that person. Maybe she was just really important in his formative years, you know, because if he was still in Connecticut, he hadn't made the trip yet. He hadn't begun his journey to become the rivers that we know and love. And maybe she was instrumental in boosting his confidence and maybe something happened to her. I mean, we know, we know, we know, we know that Rivers has so much reverence for the powerful and supportive women in his life. You know, songs are named after them. And we've got Suzanne and Jamie. And if it's less specific, you know, any friend of Diane's could be this person. Mm -hmm. And he's written several songs about one other person. So I love that he's uh, so referential uh, reverential, reverent, I don't know English, that he's so reverent to the strong people in his past that kind of brought him to where he is, perhaps. And in, fa- yeah. and in fact, just to piggy tail off of that and going back to the West Side where it's just a loop back, um, he was saying that like on the White Album, like he was inspired by LA's West Side, including like, hanging out in Venice Beach and Santa Monica and all like the weird, he even says in a quote, he's like, I love California. I wanted the album to make you feel like you were there with us SoCal weirdos, even if you're in Milwaukee in December. So that, that might be an illusion, you know, to what it's alluding to. Yeah, I totally, when I read that, I, I know I said on a, uh, the, the mini when you were going over um, the couple songs, I said it made me feel like I was being left out. But after hearing the entire album, I get it now. Mm -hmm. Like it's supposed to feel like a Pacific daydream. Like you want to be there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I I, I don't feel like I'm being left out or like I'm the outside person of someone's inside joke Mm -hmm. anymore. Interestingly, 
I, I get exactly what you're saying. Interestingly enough, maybe because I was alluding to like being on a road trip and like like different songs for like different destinations. Maybe those are different like um, cities along the coast or something or in L.A. You know how L.A. is so sprawling and to drive from one point to the other, like maybe like like Silver Lake is totally different than Santa Monica, which is totally different than Beverly Hills. Like so maybe like those are different. Um, yeah. You know cities or something I don't know vibes and feelings and travels yeah yeah ah inspiration (laughs) so I want to get your guys' thoughts on this album in totality where it sits in the greater scheme of Weezer things and how it is maybe seemingly uh, a little um step to even more Weezer music coming up. We apparently will be getting the black album in May of next mm-hmm. year. Yes. And, uh, do you, I guess I'll ask a very specific question. You guys can go off and, and pontificate and wow me. Cause you guys always do. <laughs> do you think rivers will do less with this album? Like he always does. Once the next thing comes up, will we stop seeing these songs live? Because the way he talks about this record, I mean, his enthusiasm is off the charts. It doesn't sound like he's making excuses for it. This feels like something that he really wanted to do, that he really loves, and he's really happy with. And I, I wonder, even though we'll be getting more music soon, is this gonna? Do you think it'll matter to him? I actually don't like when they are too close together. I want to like revel in this new thing for at least a year or two. Um, I would say at least a year. And the fact that it's not even going to be a whole year is like too soon for me personally, but that's just me. And um, you're not the first person to say that that has come up a lot where people kind of screw up their face. They're like, Oh really? Well, it's like, I wasn't done yet with a white album, you know, but it's, it's been enough time now where I I was ready in the buildup and yada, yada, but I don't want to go onto another album right now in five months, you know, pretty much. I, I want to hear this. I want them to do this album. When somebody, I was talking to somebody in line at Amoeba, I was like, what do you think the show will be? And I said, oh God, I hope it's a whole, I hope it's a Pacific Daydream show. I, that's all I really want to hear right now. And, and uh, he said, well, probably not. You know, that would be cool. A girl can dream. That's a bummer, though, because anybody who showed up to get a ticket for the Amoeba show is not going to be someone who needs to be told what Beverly Hills is. Like, that's not... That won't right. be necessary. I think they'll probably... we'll I mean, see like, what we get. I, I think I wonder it's going to be if, awesome. If, if they're going to release the Black Album so close after this one, if the tour is going to be, like, a double bill of like <laughs> of um the Pacific Daydream and the Black yeah. Album like I think they did something they did that with like the with uh, the Blue Album Pinkerton they did a tour where they did w- the pink one night and they did blue the next night or something like that um yeah, the memories dude, tour dude if they did that that would be awesome I mean awesome. I wonder if they're going to that would be awesome. I just have a feeling it's like incredibly creative about what they're going to do next just just it's going to be a big thing he, I mean Carl already said it's going to be a huge summer tour. So I don't know. It just makes me wonder if they're going to combine something or I don't know, or maybe they're going to wait and see the response to Pacific Daydream if they truly are going to release the Black Album in May. Like, I, I, I don't know. But um, if if the past couple years have been any indication, there was a huge lead up and including an in-star performance with a record release um 
for Everything Will Be Alright. And then they did um, a whole bunch of small shows only doing that album. And it feels very similar to um, doing an in-store performance in Amoeba. And maybe they're going to only do that album. They're going to tour that album. So oh, that would be so I, I don't know, amazing. And we don't have the inside dope. We don't know for sure if that's going to happen, but that would be cool. I, I will say if there's another album coming out in May, that means the rollout for the songs are, it will start in January. And that's like, around that does the feel too soon. It's like tomorrow. Maybe that's why they released five singles in a row. Yeah. If they were to do that again, if that's kind of, if that's crushes MO, cause they did the same thing with the white well, album, we're going to have songs so soon. I have an unpopular opinion. Go for it. What I would love to see live for them is if they would stop playing some of the blue album songs and focus on the newer albums. I would love that. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love the blue album. I love the green album. You love the hits. I love, I love them, but I want to see more of the newer stuff because when we were at Red Rocks, they had ama- some weird, but some amazing visuals. And I want to see the visuals for Pacific Daydream. Like, looking at that, that album artwork is my favorite, maybe of any album artwork that I've seen. It's so beautiful, and it's so, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect for the CD. It's perfect for the CD. And I, I want to see those visuals. And I want the Blue Album to come out in May, because my birthday's in May, and I'm kind of a narcissist. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I want. Don't you think, too, if they kind of, like listen to my advice and bring more of like a production and a show element in with like more singers and performance with more um, instruments and really like uh, bring us some like loud, like just powerful yeah. performance with cool visuals to this whole album. Like, just give it to us, baby. Like, it would be amazing. That should be the name of the tour. Just Just give it to us, baby. (laughs) 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 Give it to me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That would be very poppy, though. (laughs) Hit me, baby, one more time. Give it to me, baby. I really, I do like the concept of this album. It's Weezer. it's a pop music, through like Weezer's version of pop music. You know, it's very cool. Yeah, but it's awesome. I love it so much. It's wonderful. Does anybody have any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Yes, Rick. Hands. I pick you. Uh. So. Um. I had read a few of the release interviews with Rivers, and um, he mentioned that the way that this album is produced is, and we've heard this before, that the band is not together when they record anymore. Rivers will send in a demo, the band will create the music, and he'll sing over it. But he's actually not involved, nor does he direct that music. The producer works with each of the band members, but Rivers is as surprised by what he gets as we are. And he is quoted as saying that he is invariably happy with the results. So uh, the band must like what they're doing. He likes what he's doing. And I think you can feel that in the record. Yeah, that's, it comes out. That's all I really want to say is that there seems to be some joy in this record, even though so much of it is somber and darker. There's uh, some obvious fun being had. And this is my favorite time 
to be a Weezer fan when they're enjoying what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, he just put out a tweet or something, I don't know, some social media where I guess he thought it was funny. It says, uh, Weezer fans, just do what makes you happy. And then it says, but not like that. And I think, um, actually, like I will speak for all of us that, uh, like this is good. Like we're, we're cool with how we're cool with this. Like this is, yeah, Yeah. you're happy. We're happy. We're all happy. No one, I don't think is unhappy with what's happening right now. I agree. And I feel one, one final thought is like, you know, if you look at all the albums and like where they've been. Like, you know, uh, Blue and Pinkerton and all that kind of stuff. Like, the ups and downs that Rivers went through in his life. And he once said in an interview, or just recently, it was like, I wish someone told me that, you know, you don't have to, like, suffer. Like, you're going to make it, man. Like, don't worry about it. And and I kind of wonder if he needed to go through all that stuff to then come out where he is now, where I feel like this album is very like, even though it talks about being lonely, there's a lot of like appreciation and gratitude that he has for where he is in his life. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think that had he not gone through such extreme lows, like could he, could anyone, not just rivers, but could anyone appreciate such good, like the good times as they are, if they didn't go through, like the low points, like the the hardship to get to where exactly. they are now, and well, yeah, that's life. That's my thought on yeah. on where this album lies in their canon of like, well, we've made it and we're really happy about it, and now we're just going to be creative and put out really good music, kind of thing. And drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I had said in the very first episode of our show that whatever they decide to do wherever rivers goes with this i am ready and that felt kind of like a dare to myself Mm because i could have been very wrong yeah but i could not be more gratified and i could not be happier to have a weezer that it is that is this vital and interesting and qualitatively high up there because i mean they they take a beating time and time again you know but most of these reviews have been pretty generous uh, critical in appropriate ways, I think. But for the most part, this album is a success. And I've only had it for a day and a half. And right. it, feels, <laughs> it feels a bit historical now. It feels like it was it already like there. It feels like forever. It feels like it was already there. Well, when you listen to something on repeat for 24 yeah. hours. <laughs> well, I mean, aside from the, the literal nature of that, I just feel that this album um, found us. It was this special experience floating out in the world. And it feels like it... I don't know. It feels like it came to me and I had an experience. It wasn't like I had to find a way to like it or enjoy it. Um, I have some final thoughts. I, For me, this album really sounds like um, the beginning of summer. Like if you listen to the A-side, it definitely sounds like the beginning of summer where you're full of hope and excitement and lust and all these fun things that make summer fun. But the B side is more of the realistic side of summer where you realize, oh, I'm actually alone. My friends kind of suck sometimes. And the reality setting in is that it's time to go back to school or that job that you hate or whatever that reality is for you. And that's that's really how it feels for me. And it, yeah, it feels like summer. <laughs> 
which is why I think that single came out first. I've just decided to back out of the crappy joke I was going to make. Oh, no, say it. No, it's gone. <sighs> it was going to be something along the lines of like, it feels like summer to you. Just <laughs> some really poopy. A great way to end the show. <laughs> but um, we're all a comedian. good i feel like we got it out we all love it Can it's... we sing kumbaya now <laughs> kumbaya my lord kumbaya so this is rachel signing off this is amy signing off from la this is rick signing off from texas oddly enough isn't that weird <laughs> and uh check us out on uh instagram Facebook, Twitter, we are Weezer. Send us an email. Tell, say whatever you want. Um, we are Weezer Forever at gmail.com. Thank you, Rick, for the sound. And thank you, Weezer, for the awesome new album. We all love it so much. And you, like, hats are off. Um, adios. 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 Sayonara. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Until next time. Auf Wiedersehen. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Bye. Aloha. <laughs> Bunger. This is Adam Carolla for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>